0: we're back buddy playoffs are in the books and it's
1: episode 69 the nicest of episodes how are you doing i am doing great can you believe that we've even made it to 69 very nice episodes tones i can't believe it and it might be time to retire because
0: what better way to go out than on this episode number what say you
1: That's fair. That's fair. But Mike's not even listening
0: anymore. So, what's the point, really, of continuing?
1: I I know, but we haven't yet made um, a finals appearance together or uh, individually in many years. So, like, we need to go out on a high note. This is the worst possible time that we could go out. I mean, if we're banking on that, we might be waiting.
0: Quite a while. (laughs) History has shown that we should not be waiting. We
1: might be well into our 40s before that happens. (laughs) Why don't we not look too far ahead? Why don't we just focus on what was a crazy week in tones? This is, at this point, may the healthiest team win, right? Because this is the 2021 COVID Cup. You always ask for chaos, and now we are embracing the chaos. Everybody is dead. No one is healthy right now. What do you you make of this situation? It's so stressful, and I'm so
0: happy that I'm not a part of it in our league because there's so much at stake in our league. Like, like, if I'm Ryan right now and Austin Eckler, hours ago, put on COVID list, you do everything right, okay, all season long, you build this up, you have this two-year plan, last year you rebuild, you do all the right things, and it's so hard to win in our league that... This is your chance, and it's just happening to be on this kind of year. And not like, this isn't happening in week four, five, six, whatever, okay, you lose a few games because of it. It's in the playoffs. You get your bye week, you do everything right, you check every box, and all of a sudden, COVID throws it right in your face and says, "Eh, eh, 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 eh." that Greg Jennings Memorial Trophy, that's right, I said it, Greg Jennings. Uh,
1: Not so fast. It's going to be a little harder earned than usual agreed. What I love about it is a, I'm not actually competing, so it's great. And B, there's literally nothing I can do as the commission to change the situation. Everyone has embraced the fact that this is just what it is. And I'm just sitting back being like, yeah, whatever happens happens. And that's great. I love being in that position. Um, Um, this
0: past week was outside of COVID stuff. Yeah. It was probably easily Probably easily. No, I'm going to say easily the worst fantasy football. Yeah. Playoff week in the history of fantasy football. Like there were so so I didn't watch a lot of football on Sunday. I was on the road coming home from Ottawa. And so I I jump in late. Um, So I'm kind of half watching half not and I'm eating dinner and like, you know, Red Zone does the like every TD at the end of the broadcast. Yeah. I, I like sit down, I look, I'm like, oh, the, every TD thing is starting. A good way to like catch up on like if I missed any sick catches or whatever. That thing must have been over. Like I blinked, it was done. It felt like it was two minutes long. And usually that thing runs for like seven, eight minutes. Like it was just over. I'm like, what happened this week? And then I dive into all the numbers. I'm going, holy shit. This was truly disgusting football on Sunday. Like there was no high scores.
1: Everyone disappointed. It was rough. That one o'clock slate, and I said it in the chat on Sunday, was one of the worst 1 p.m. slates I can ever remember. Not only was it terrible games in terms of matchups, but sometimes the Jags give you a good run, and you say, wow, this game's really entertaining. My God, it, every single game was truly an abomination. And like, hey, way to miss the Duke Johnson day, man. Like, that's, exa- that's basically <laughs> what you missed. You missed three Duke Johnson touchdowns, and Miami won their sixth straight. Congrats. Duke Johnson, the fourth highest leading rusher from just from Sunday, Dante
0: Foreman ahead of him, Jeff Wilson ahead of him, and Craig Reynolds ahead of him. Who the fuck are these guys? Okay, so This is the fucking quarterfinals <laughs> of fantasy football. And who, like we're starting these absolute washed nobodies,
1: like get them out of here. What is going on? And there were such, there were so few Good performances, and it happened across the board that we saw low totals across the board. We saw one matchup 105 to 83, and this is the half peeper era. So it wasn't just one team that got really screwed by some bad performances, it was really across the board. Everyone underachieved, except honestly, the guys in the loser bracket. Russell Gage was like a top five score at his position this week. Tones, congratulations. You've got a keeper on your hands. Thanks. Thanks, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> So you mentioned the names in terms of the Russian guys. Here are the highest scoring week 15 guys. Highest scoring QB of the week, Tyler Huntley, 35.9 points. Pick them up. RB of the week, Duke Johnson, 25 points. Pick them up. Wide receivers, yeah. Cooper Cup, Tyree Kill, 30 and 26. Okay, but then here's the next five or six guys. Brandon Cooks, Gabriel Davis, Christian Kirk, Amon Ross St. Brown, Russell Gage, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling. Like four of those guys are unowned in our league unbelievable meanwhile at tight end the two highest scores at any position non-qb were kelsey and mark andrews with 36 and 30 so the two elite tight ends performed and literally everybody else in the league was a complete washed bum that is franco and rob's like wet dream is
0: having these two elite tight ends like (laughs) leading all fantasy and scoring yeah Yeah, and it's all great stuff and like to even make matters worse because i did a full deep dive because i'm like this is just historic what we're seeing The quarterbacks alone, just to like show a reflection on how little scoring there was in the NFL. Tyler Huntley, as you mentioned, 35 points. Then there was Cam Newton at 24, then Jared Goff at 20. That's the end of list of quarterbacks that had 20 points this week. Wow. There were three of them and they were Huntley, Newton, and Goff. I've never seen that in my life. Joe Burrow was 12.78 top 10 quarterback this week. 12 points like how does that even i've never seen this in my life like we've had dud weeks but like you'd still get eight guys that reach 20 come on you know what i mean like 12 is your cutoff for top 10 that is pathetic hopefully the last we've seen of that because i like points and i want points and our first matchup doors as we get into it let's do it had some damn points thank god Dan, is this an upset I don't know. Dan, definitely an upset. (laughs) Defeating Rob, 130 to 121. I just keep wanting to poke Dan a little bit. See how far I can push him. Dan was up by 2.08 heading into Tuesday night football because we're back to Tuesday night football. Goddard versus the Rams D. Rob said this thing is over from day one. The vibes, if Rob was talking to a plant, it'd be dead. Rob thought it was not. (laughs) This thing's over. You know, it's done. Uh, Goddard outscores the Rams D 17 to 10 Good night Roberto It was a fun run Dan reaching 130 points for the Fourth time this season that's it And first time since week 6 Which was also against Rob So Doors I ask you this question We saw it 130 points from Dan He comes through in the clutch Do we owe Dan an apology
1: No of course we don't The last time he scored 130, it was the middle of October! No, of course not. We called it as we saw it. And if we did a power rankings tones right now, today, Dan would be higher than eighth. Of course he would be. He's one of the final four remaining teams in this league, of course, but he was shit then. He's just kind of better now. And even then, even though he's kind of better now, look at some of the point totals. Deontay Johnson was bad. DJ Moore was under 10. Ramondre Stevenson was starting in the fantasy quarterfinals. But like, nuts. what is this? If it wasn't nuts. for Tyreek, his tight end Dallas Goddard, and Dallas's defense. And it's easy. Sure, I could pick apart these guys and you could be like, oh, okay, you could do that with anybody on any team. Okay, but Dallas's defense giving you 10 more than they normally would? I don't know, man. Like, whatever. Fuck that. I'm not apologizing to anyone. So you and I,
0: yes, we have this podcast together, but we are, we are separate people, you know? <clears throat> so you might not want to apologize, but I... I'm going to be the bigger man here, hat You're soft. in hand, <laughs> and I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize to absolutely nobody. The Double Pod <laughs> Boys do what the fuck they want. That's great. Woo! Eighth place, demote him, ninth. Enjoy your semis loss, Daniel. Not I love Logan. that. Listen, love you got to give him credit. 130 points. He did what he needed to do, and yes, it was wonky. It was weird. He made a couple ballsy calls, and we got to give him credit for it, okay? We do, we do. James Robinson starting after the um, Urban Meyer news comes out against Houston, which is something that I pointed out last week as like, man, it's got to be so tempting to start this guy against Houston, thinking he's probably got a good chance of finding the end zone. I felt like there's always this, and this is like a gambling thing I've been learning, and I'm, I'm trying to like understand where the public is kind of how they would react, how your average Joe would react. And I thought that everybody was thinking, oh my God, Urban Meyer has gone. The Jags are going to have this big, this big jump. They're going to come in energized and they're going to be all pumped up to win this game. And I'm like, no way. And I bet, who do they play? I bet against them thinking like, that's not fucking happening. Like this team truly stinks. Urban Meyer was a disaster, but I was thinking James Robinson's going to disappoint. Like, you can't start this guy. We don't know what his role is going to be, but he ends up paying off 75 rushing yards with the touchdown, with three receptions in there as well for 16 points. Exactly what you needed to see from Dan. Uh, And then you mentioned it, Ramon J. Stevenson. Like, what, what is the fantasy community's obsession with this guy? He's just another dude. Like, he's so unspectacular. I can't even believe this guy's starting in a quarterfinal matchup. Dan's got to solve that going into next week. And I know Aaron Jones had another nice day. Uh, Not high rushing yards, uh, not a lot of receptions either, but catches the touchdown wide open, still gets you 14 points. The boom is coming, I feel like, for Aaron Jones. He's got to be getting healthier. So maybe that solves that problem, but I don't know.
1: Well, going back to the Ramondre comment, everybody fell in love with him the night of the Bills game when he was chunking off 10 yards at a time when they knew the Bills, that he was going to run the ball every single time and they couldn't stop him. On first down, he picks up 11 yards. That was the night that the community, as you say, fell in love with this guy. So, you know, that's the end of that. James Robinson, on the other hand, no Carlos Hyde this week and they're playing Houston. So, Mm. you know, there's credit there. But on the other hand, Tones, what was he going to do? Was he going to start A.J. Dillon instead and have two Green Bay running backs against Baltimore, which could really, really fuck him if neither of them perform. Like, this Mm. was a situation where I really felt like Dan made the starts he had to make. He wasn't going to trust Miles Sanders. He certainly wasn't going to put A.J. Dillon in there. He was obviously going to start Ramondre uh, Steven—sorry, James Robinson. It was Ramondre who I was like, "Mm, maybe he puts in Dillon there instead. The one I do want to give him credit for is Terry McLaurin's sit. Of all the Mm. receivers he had—D.J. Moore, Deontay Johnson, Tyree Kill— that's the odd man out in Terry McLaurin. That's his keeper. We talked about Dan being more emotional than we thought he was. That is his keeper. His keeper who has let him down greatly over the last three weeks. He's combined for just over 10 points, including a dud on three targets last week. I'm talking zero points. That's it. And yes, McLaurin was banged up, got injured. We didn't know what he was going to be like coming into this week. Regardless, Dan make the call, made the call. And history is going to remember this week for Dan as he made a good start in sit That guy was on the bench. I know in the end it doesn't end up paying off, but sure, good roster decisions, good choices. He ends up with the win by nine points. Uh, Yeah,
0: I definitely think that was very ballsy to bench McLaurin, and I liked it. I think that was a good call. He had the conky. There was a lot of weird... Like that, that game had all the makings of a weird game, right? They're under the uh, Gilbert, uh, fucking Gilbert Godfrey something. (laughs) Yeah. Godfrey. Yeah. We were making a joke in Tim and friends today. Um, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know who that was. Like you can't start him. Like you can't start. Sometimes you think the backup shitty quarterback really just like locks in on the, like the really good receiver and just peppers the guy with targets. But I just felt like, man, just a weird game on Tuesday. I don't know. It just, it didn't feel
1: right to start him And. Um, so I think that was a great call for sure. The one guy that was the no brainer start tones, the guy that he makes the trade for earlier this season is the guy that we talk about now. And that is for like the 12th time in our league's history, our Greg Jennings performer of the week. Fuck it. You can't stop me. Tyreek Hill, Dan, damn. This guy makes a trade, trades away Nick Chubb to Nick and gets back. Tyreek Hill. And what does he do? He gives him 12 catches, 148 yards and a touchdown. He goes up against the team who has the wide receivers in Rob. And he says, here's some of mine. Taste of your own medicine. I have an argument to be made that maybe the Tyreek Hill trade saves Dan's season. Nick Chubb had 15 points this week. Tyreek Hill had 26 points this week. That's a difference of 11 points and Dan won by nine. Now I'm not going to go into extreme detail on who could have started in each of those guys places, but it's a great trade. It gives him such a high point total and it gives him the win. And that's all I'm saying about that. Great job making the trade. Tyreek Hill. 12 receptions, 148 yards with the touchdown. I'm not sure if you mentioned it or not, but mm-hmm. um, this,
0: is, this is what I've been talking about when it comes to boom boom air quotes boom bust players all season long i don't give a shit especially at wide receiver if you give me the occasional six points when you can do this when it matters most this guy weak winning players is what i want and i think it's been a detriment to my fantasy career in this league because i think i get too many of those boom bust guys hoping that hey I'm gonna, they're going to boom more often than not well sometimes that doesn't work but Tyreek Hill is a different cat man this guy's a machine he is literally the cheetah he can do 12 receptions no problem and we've seen it so many times before he more often does this than he does dud out and that's why I don't understand why he's been traded so many times in recent years in our league like it's so crazy but maybe this ends it right now maybe there's a little emotional factor Dan saying hey this guy won me a playoff game when my back was against the wall and I'm eighth in the power rankings and he helped prove him wrong. You know what I mean? Like, so I, you know, who knows? Maybe this is the end of the Tyreek, uh, Tyreek reign of, of being
1: traded. If, um, if there's no Tyreek Hill in his lineup this week, his wide receiver core looks like this. Corpse core, fuck it. I don't even care. Deontay Johnson's seven <laughs> points. DJ Moore's nine points. And Tara McLaurin is a forced start for Dan with six points. That is his receivers. He potentially yeah. loses this week. And again, like I said, I know that um nick chubb fills in and, and pushes that total up a little bit but we're not looking at his team the same way he got 10 points from his fucking quarterback like we said not a lot of good qbs this week but it's just man what a weak saving performance from a guy that he needed so badly. weak weak winners is Finger. what i love it's yeah. weak
0: winners the deontay johnsons are great to get you there you know what i mean get me that 10 points it's nothing special but hey you're gonna get me to the playoffs These other guys like Tyreek, they're special ones. They're going to win you a playoff game here, here and there. So let's just make sure. I was just going to say,
1: Tones, before I move on, I was going to say, let's just make sure Dan hears it loud and clear. Okay. Congratulations, Dan. You're moving on to the next round. You heard it from the pod. Okay. Suck our podcast, but whatever. Here we are moving on. Tones.
0: (laughs) To to keeping with the receivers, to Rob's side of things. I do not echo your congrats. Um, <laughs> Fine. He put, it, he put his team name to suck my podcast back to what it was last year. No, no, no. There's no love lost here. All right. Yeah. Rob's wide receivers, Um, we have to talk about it. They're the strength of his team. We had been banging on this drum for several weeks. It's almost like we know what we're talking about sometimes. His wide receivers were his strength, but his running backs were subpar, even though the name brand thing was there with him. Yeah. Okay. This is the issue with that. Wide receivers are volatile. They go up, they go down. Sometimes a Jamar Chase will totally dud out for absolutely no reason. Sometimes a Mike Evans will get blanketed by Lattimore and then get hurt and miss the remainder of the game. Like that's unfortunate. That could happen to anybody. But just like that, you don't have the rest of your roster. It's just not good enough to be able to, um, what's the word I'm looking for here, Doris? Help me out. The You don't have enough to overcome losses like that, duds like that. And that's what we saw from Rob, right? Like, look at his running backs this week. It just wasn't good enough. Saquon with seven points and Clyde with eight. Like, those guys get 15 each? Like, Rob's not even sweating on Tuesday night. Like, this thing's over, right? Because Debo Samuel and Keenan Allen did their jobs with 16 points each. But like I've been saying, like... You get one point from Evans and 0.8 from Chase. You're done. It's
1: over. It's unfortunate, but it was a predictable disaster. Jamar Chase gets 22 points last week when, frankly, he didn't need him to get him those points. He gets one catch for three yards this week. That's 0.8. Mike Evans, 1.9 points. And last week, he had 18 points. Like you said, This is pass catchers. It's tough. It's really tough. It's it's what he built his team on all year. He got to a point where he couldn't even trust DK Metcalf. Can't wait to see what happens to DK going into next season. Should we just recap his season? Should we give him the obit now, Tones? Let's do it. It was a great draft. He had an abundance of picks, Tones. He got guys like we talked about it earlier this year. He kept Mark Andrews, ended up being a stud. He ends up getting... um, Of course, Tony Pollard in the draft, of Mm. course, but Jamar Chase, Debo Samuel, Keenan Allen among his top four picks. Clyde was fine when he was in there, but a really good draft that Rob didn't need to build around too, too much in order to get himself the elevated total. What he was missing all year long was that RB1 and he was seeking that guy, but the right trade, in his opinion, wasn't there to be made. It just wasn't there to get an elite running back that needed to bump that total up far enough to give him, frankly, an extra nine points in quarterfinals week to get him there. He knew it was a weakness and he was trying to do without it. It didn't end up paying off in the end.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, going out and getting a Mike Evans is great. It's awesome, okay? I wonder, now this is hindsight stuff, okay? You tell me if I'm crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. If you were Rob, would you have done a Debo Samuel for Nick Chubb trade where that's the framework? Yeah. I would have done that if I were Rob, right? Is is Debo really in the keeper conversation or is this like a one-off season? I'd be willing to bet it's a one-off season, but Debo's valuable as hell. But if you're going out and getting Mike Evans, you can find another wide receiver. You can go get that guy. You can pick up an, um, an, um, on Amon Ross St. Brown on fucking semi-quarterfinals week and figure out that, that wide receiver three spot or even that flex spot. But getting that reliable running back is its essential. I've been saying this for three years now. Like, this league, you win on running backs. And I thought the guy that basically established that would know that better than anyone. So disappointing that it's ending like this for Rob, I think.
1: Everyone builds their team differently. Rob is a guy who wants to keep Mark Andrews despite having four other guys that are keeper Mm. caliber type guys. We might see Saquon Barkley back in the draft with Mark Andrews on his team. Why is that? Because the percentage of points that he gets, the wins above replacement essentially with that kind of a guy is so much more valuable. At one point this season tones, Jamar Chase and Debo Samuel were the wide receivers two and three. And when Rob's looking at that in week 11, he says, I'm good. I'm chilling because I don't care that my running backs aren't doing that well. I just need RB two weeks out of Saquon Barkley, a prior RB one league winning type guy, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who's going to give me a hundred or, you know, basically a hundred scrimmage yards a week. He's going to get me 10 points, basically. It's just like you said, when you build your team on pass catchers, it's a lot harder to get that total up. Even if you guys have, you have guys who are elite at their position. And this week was a perfect example of that. Turns out uh, $26, Justin Tucker, didn't really
0: factor in much in the well, end. Well, this
1: will forever be the season that we saw huh. $26 spent on a kicker. This is this is a memorable <laughs> time in history, Tones. You know, no matter what happens, this will be Rob's legacy this year.
0: This um, has definitely
1: been a very fun fab year. Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah. We're like, the big money guys, for the most part, have paid off pretty nicely. And there's yeah. been some weird money, like, being thrown around Franco spent money. Rob spent money on a kicker. Good times, man. Really good times. The waiver Wire was hot this year and it had to be basically because everyone's dead.
1: Um, we've, uh, all we've, right. nailed, we've nailed Rob's theme of the season. And now we look quickly ahead. He only made just, he made two trades this year. He got a fourth from Mike for Cam Akers, never forget. And then he used that fourth and a third to buy Mike Evans and Damian Harris. Unfortunately, Both of those guys let him down when he needed them the most. Harris wasn't even healthy. But going into next season, Rob has pretty much every single one of his picks. He only doesn't have a third. third. So Mm. Rob will have a plethora of good keepers, we think, to choose from going into next year. And he has most, if not all, of his draft capital. So... It kind of feels like a lost season in a way for Rob. But then again, if you look at a guy like Jamar Chase as the future of your team, if Debo Samuel is maybe a future keeper for your team, it was a year in which he remade his keepers and put himself in a greater position for next year, despite not having as many picks as he would like to. And hey, you know what? Worst case scenario, he'll keep Justin Tucker and he doesn't have to pay any money for him. He'll him.
0: <laughs> I um, I definitely think like just overarching This was an overwhelming successful year for Rob, in my opinion. Like, yeah, the playoff result wasn't there. Okay, fine. But let's not forget, this guy was, air quotes, rebuilding for the last two years, comes in this year, has a competitive team, drafts extremely well, and is now, like you said, very well set up for the future with guys like Jamar Chase, even Mark Andrews. Um, You know, guys whose value from preseason to now have totally gone up. Even a Debo Samuel, and I'm kidding around thinking that, like, you know, he's not a keeper, come on. I mean, he could be. What the fuck do I know? Like, he could go into next year, and Brandon Ayuk could get fucking traded in the offseason. Kittle could get hurt again, and now all of a sudden, Debo's the main guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we have no idea. Hey, maybe they'll do exactly what he wants him to do and convert him to a running back and call I was it just a day. Gonna but, say, I was just um, going to say, yeah. He's got so many good options, and he's so well set up to the point where he can drop a Saquon Barkley and it like he's not even batting an eyelash whereas like guys like you and me would be like kind of relying on Saquon and just kind of having to keep him because like well I just got to keep the upside guy but he just doesn't need to take that risk and I think that's that's pretty good and at the end of the day like you said like he's got the draft picks I think it's a successful year for Rob he kind of rebuilt on the fly it'll be very interesting to see what he does keeper wise um, especially with guys like Pitts in the wings too as much as You know, we all know how high his ceiling is and especially Rob. So very interesting going forward. He's going to be a guy that we're all going to be kind of eyeing ahead of uh, the keeper deadline. All right, Doris. Next matchup we go. The Dottos, man. They just keep figuring it out, especially this one. Nicholas defeating CRG 105-83. You let me down, CRG. I was rooting for you. I was in your corner. I wanted to see it but you didn't do it. This hilarious streak of not winning a playoff game continues. <laughs> and I kind of feel bad about saying hilarious, but at this point like you just got to laugh. The record now 0 and 6. 0 and 6. The bad, the luck that is not on your side to for you to go 0 and 6 in a playoff in in this league's history in a playoff game is absolutely unbelievable. And Doors, you were the one that believed it. You called this exact scenario for CRG
1: it was the most no-brainer thing and I said last week you gotta show me if you're the Jags show me you can win because I don't see it happening and if you're Christian Genera, show me you can actually win in the first round of the playoffs it is seemingly impossible for this guy to catch a fucking break some of the point totals he's put up over the past seven weeks 146 135 184 149 twice then he puts up 83 points when it matters the most tones. I said 89.99 last week was going to be his total. And that was the prediction. And the only reason why I said it was because I wanted to maximize the 80 to 89 range, but still keep him under 90. And what does he do exactly that? To recap in 2014, 82 points, quarterfinals loss to Ryan. 2015, 86 points, quarterfinals loss to Ryan. 2016, 88 points quarterfinals loss to me 2017 81 loses again to ryan who's got his number 2018 83 points loses to dan missed the playoffs for the first time in 2019 missed again in 2020 and here we are 0 and six 83 points and a loss to nick in 2021 tones i'll take it a step further as mike would say this is so crg joe mixon amari cooper ty conklin with their worst fantasy scores of the season this week. New England's defense, the second worst fantasy score of their season. James Conner with his worst fantasy score since week six. You put that all together, you get somewhere between 80 and 89 points in the quarterfinals of our fantasy playoffs. What else is new, Tones? I'm waiting. (laughs) No one got hit harder by the like
0: dud of a week, this was in our league than CRG. Like, yeah. the players you just named, guys like Mixon, Cooper, um, Connor, have been absolutely awesome all season long. Some to some people, surprisingly awesome, right? And all of a sudden, without warning, they just totally shit the bed. Like, it's just like, what can you do, right? Even AJ Green who he starts, four receptions, 64 yards for eight points. You're thinking, DeAndre Hopkins is now out. This guy is at least going to be a pretty decent option. I thought he was going to be a really good, like I think a lot of DFS people that I was following were like, yeah, yeah. hammer AJ Green, ready to go. Like rocket ship, let's do it. And I'm like, okay, cool. I, I buy that. I buy that. I think like we can see like a nice 13, 14 point week out of AJ Green. No, nothing against Detroit. And they were down in that game, which is the weirdest thing ever, right? And then like even Devontae Adams, like kind of a ho-hum for his standards, 13 points, six receptions for 44 yards, salvages it with the TD, but... Uh, You know, on the road to Baltimore, maybe not the sexiest matchup in order to think like, oh, we're going big this week, but like, man, oh, man, like, like, all you can do is just set your lineup the same way you've been doing all season and just hope for the best. And this week, just hammered poor CRG, my poor guy, CRG, it's going to happen for you, Christian,
1: I believe. And this is the tough thing, Tones. It's some of the names that he didn't even have available. Calvin Ridley goes back to earlier this season. He's not available for him. Tyler Lockett, who's had some boom weeks, who he made a trade for to be available for him in his flex in this position instead of Miles Miles Gaskin's five points. And Kareem Hunt, who went in this season, was very reliable. Point totals of 15, 23, 24. And he's been hurt all year long. So it's like this guy has been hammered hammered by injuries. He missed Aaron Rodgers for a bunch this year. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just, it's, it was really, really shitty luck for him. We can talk more about him. Do you want to recap him now before we get to Yeah, Nikki? let's do it. Let's I mean, we it. may yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, We're already we talking about yep. him. And then just as I was saying, I've never seen a more injury ravaged and COVID riddled team. And yet the guy makes the fifth seed. So first he buys after, no, sorry. First he sells after buying. No. What the fuck did he do? He sold. Here we go. Sold, then bought. Then bought because he's like, hey, some of the teams below me are shit. And I'm actually putting up really good numbers. Let me try to bump that up. And he makes the fifth seed. And so I'm looking at it like I haven't seen a more injury ravaged team yet with the numbers he's putting up. I mean, this might be his best team he's ever had in our league, which is absurd to say. But the numbers were their tones, were they not? They were down the stretch 100%. That's not that crazy to say. And a
0: big reason why is because, like, finally, like, Joe Mixon's been the butt of a lot of jokes for fantasy for a lot of years talent's there but man the guy can't stay healthy he can't do shit right like it was just always disappointing He always left you at the end of the season wanting more the top five potential was always there but either the offense sucks the offensive line's trash he keeps getting hurt he's just ineffective and inefficient you know it, it just became so frustrating and now this year it all finally comes together for joe mixon in what year four and like this is the result: a fifth seed and like a first round exit. It's disappointing, right? And this is why. Like, this is the interesting thing for CRG going into next season. Okay, so he has the two first because he traded Evans. No
1: second and no sixth. He has every other pick, right? Yep. yep. So some of I don't them even not, ki- pers- some of them not some. Sorry, some of them not his picks. Many of them actually not his picks, but he does. Well, have- that's okay. Picks in every round other than, yeah, exactly. Go ahead. His keeper situation
0: is potentially the most dire out of anyone in our league, okay? Mm. Aaron Rodgers is going to be somewhere else next season, most likely, which means Devontae Adams, who was also a free agent this year, gone. Like, he's in fucking Las Vegas or something just collecting checks, right? Um, Outside of that, is Joe Mixon going to have another season like this? realistically is this the best season we've ever see, we're ever going to see out of Joe Mixon if i'm a betting man i would say yes and i love joe mixon i think he's a great great player but there is a chance that this is the best we've seen him because the guy just can't stay healthy now there's a very strong case on the other side of that to be like well joe burrow and this offense are going to be pretty lethal for several years now I think they could be pretty good. Like, I get that argument, and Joe Mixon's going to be a beneficiary there. But, like, there is a chance, if those are your three guys going into it, that you're like, fuck, right? And then I didn't even mention Calvin Ridley, who, like, might retire in three weeks. Would you be surprised if he just comes out and says, that's it, I'm done? Like, I wouldn't be. Not at all. So Not at all. Christian needs to figure something out here. He needs a little bit of luck in the offseason. Like, maybe Rodgers goes to, like, Denver. And the situation isn't bad. And hey, maybe in a pinch, I can keep him. Maybe Devontae Adams goes somewhere awesome too. Hi, New Orleans, we'll take you. Um, and you know, it, it works out. But I don't know, man, if I'm Christian right now, I'm kind of shitting my pants a little bit going. there's got a, There's a lot of questions here. Way more questions and answers going into next season.
1: Yeah, it, we'll never, I don't know if we're ever going to see a position where a team goes into an off season the way that I was last year in the sense that, oh my God, this guy's got no keepers. And Christian certainly has tons of talent on his team. The question is, like you said, what are these situations? What is it going to be like for Joe Mixon? Where will Devontae Adams end up if not with Aaron Rodgers, who we have only seen him have success with? My takeaway is that, yes, he's got talent on his roster, but it feels like the end of an era when it comes to Devontae Adams and a guy like Mixon being elite at the same time. Adams has been the staple on his team for a long time, and he's never built a strong enough team around Devontae Adams to give him enough support to make a playoff run. And I'm worried just as a, you know, a friend of his and a fan of fantasy football that we've seen six or five or six years of this guy and nothing come of it. And this may just be it. We may just have seen Devontae Adams waste his time away on this team that couldn't make a run with them. And, and I wonder if next year is truly a rebuild year for Christian. If this is like a sell him off type of year, Maybe don't even give Adams a chance to see what he can be with on another team. And it's week three and he makes a huge splash in a trade. Not going to put any crazy, crazy ideas out there, but I really do feel like it could be a time where he truly blows it up and not this like, I'm going to buy a piece here, sell a piece here. Maybe it's really time and maybe he just completely tears it down. I don't know. We're going to find out soon enough. But first of all, let's see where Devonte Adams ends up. That's a big deal. Yeah, big questions, big time. Um, Stuff that's out of his control, right? It's just he's got to let the NFL offseason play
0: itself out. And lots, as we know, lots can and will change things we don't even know are even possibilities, will become possibilities. It's always a wild time. Um, All right, let's talk about Nicky's side of things here Uh, because he won, after all. Big name acquisitions. Did did
1: he win, Tones? Oh, he won. He won. A win's a win, win, man. A win is a
0: win. I don't care. It's playoff time. A win's a win. Nicky's put in the work this year and somehow he's pulling it off. Mahomes and Chubb, uh, they both perform well. It's of note. Mahomes with 30 points. Finally, that's the kind of game that he's been looking for and he hasn't really gotten since he's acquired him. And Chubb with a pretty solid 15 points. Wasn't the most efficient. Wasn't the most flashy. But in that game environment, I think 15 points to come out of that. You take it and run like the IKEA lady. You start the car. Let's go. Start the car. (laughs) Yeah, it's good.
1: Oh, to me. You're throwing to me. To you, I got you. I got you. I got you. Um the Nick the Nick anxiety on Saturday must have been pretty high because he doesn't get what he wanted to see. And it feels like a lifetime ago, so correct me if I'm wrong. But the Chiefs play the Chargers last Thursday on Thursday night football. And <laughs> Yeah. And he gets a week from Mike Williams that is one of those weeks where he says, well, this just isn't it for me, man. Thanks for showing up, though. And then Michael Pittman on Saturday... Indy against New England, the guy puts up seven receiving yards, one catch, gets ejected. You got to be a little worried going into the weekend, knowing what Christian's team has the potential of doing. And if he was worried, Nikki had a reason to be. He only ends up with 105 points. That's a tough start. But you mentioned some of the big booms. You mentioned Mahomes. It's Nick Chubb. The question now becomes, Nikki has been pulling the luck or talent, you know, the horseshoes out of his ass for a skill. really long time, the skill, whatever you want to call it. What about Leonard Fournette now? How mm. many injuries to elite guys can this guy withstand before it just all comes crumbling down? And I, we, we, you lose McCaffrey and what happens is you have the RB five or six on the season and Leonard Fournette – so he goes and he trades for Nick Chubb. Okay, great. I've got him now. Now I have my RB1-2. And now you lose Fournette. What do you expect out of Ronald Jones? Is this going to be a guy who's going to step in and be Leonard Fournette? This guy hasn't taken snaps all year. Like... I'm so happy for Nicky that he made the shrewd pickup. And this is where you talk about talent and smart guy. Nick is brilliant. He goes out. He makes sure early on this season he's got Chuba Hubbard, has him. Turns out you can't rely on him as much. The Carolina offense is a mess. That's fine. But then he goes and gets Ronald Jones, picks him up as a free agent for $0. Like that is just smart team management. But you can only be so smart. Is Ronald Jones going to be a startable player next year? Because turns out, Tones, he's going to have to be. Next That's week, the thing, right?
0: You can set yourself up and do all the smart things, but at the end of the day, the players got to produce points, right? And Rojo, I, I go back and forth on this guy because he comes out and I think he's garbage. Like his first year and a half in the league was just, I'm like, this guy stinks. He's not explosive. I, he doesn't, I don't know. He's not jumping out, out the TV to me. And then last year, he showed some juice that he we kind of hadn't seen before. And I'm like, oh, interesting. But then... Leonard Fournette takes over that backfield. Why? Because Leonard Fournette can actually catch passes. We've all seen the clips in training camp. Tom Brady getting pissed off because he puts a perfect pass in there and it lollipops off Ronald Jones' hands and ends up on the ground. It actually happened a couple times in that game, and Brady's just like visibly like shaking his head, looking down at the grass because, you know, shutout Saints defense, stifling the boy. Um, <laughs> suck it, Tom. Um isn't it nice yeah, to hate like, on Tom it's Brady? Just Ronald that Jones- <laughs> What's that? So <laughs> isn't that great to hate on Tom Brady? Isn't that fun? It's a lot of fun. Beating yeah. him is great, which I know uh, you as a Miami fan don't really know much about. Actually, you guys have probably played him harder than anyone in the AFC East, but he is a tough over time, over time in Miami.
1: Yeah, he's a tough yeah, time it's in Miami. Super weird. Yeah. Super
0: strange. And now he plays anyway. in Tampa. Good times. Anyway, um, I just think that they're like Brady is a guy, and we've seen this a million times. Brady is a guy that he needs guys he trusts. Right. Yes. He needs exactly. guys that I know when I throw the ball to you, you are going to make the play. Even if it's not the splashiest play, just catch it. Move the ball three yards. That's it. That's it. Keep the offense on time. But when you're throwing him a pass on second and eight and it's dropped and now you're a third and long and you're going, fuck, that's not good for Tom Brady. Now, especially with Godwin out and especially with Evans banged out, Rojo is going to have an uphill battle. And it's unfortunate because I think if Gio Bernard was healthy right now, I think Gio would be the guy to own at this point, but it's not. So Rojo is going to have every opportunity possible and he might just do it low efficiency, but he might just find his way into the end zone and have a salvageable week. I just don't think it's going to be what Leonard Fournette's given Nicky all season, which has been a top five running back. 20 points, 15 to 20 points every week. I think Rojo can get to that 15 range, but I feel like he caps there. Now that I say that, he's about to drop 27, no problem. But I have a prediction. uh, It's definitely a big miss.
1: Go ahead. Here's a prediction. Here are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' next three games. At Carolina, at the Jets, at home against Carolina. Okay? Here's what I think is going to happen. You ready for this? Go ahead. So that's a cake schedule, right? No. Carolina's got a good run D, bro. Jets, yeah. Jets Uh, should uh, uh, be easy. I'm not talking about, Tones, I'm not talking about a good run D. I'm talking about good teams. These are not good teams. Carolina is just bad. So here's my prediction. Tom Brady just put up zero points last week for the first time since 2004, five or six. It was a long time ago. I think it was at Miami. There you go. Here's what's going to happen. The man whose MVP odds just took a massive hit is going to go to his coach and say, I don't trust our run game. So we're not going to run the ball. Tom Brady over the next three weeks is going to throw 15 touchdown passes to 15 different receivers. Whoever is on the field, he is going to cement himself as the MVP because no one wants to give it to Aaron Rodgers and his immunized fucking uh, self this year. And Tom Brady's going to say, I'm putting the team on my back. I'm going to be the MVP jam done. And they're not going to run the ball. They're not going to give it to Rojo. I give him a half. If he, in the first half against Carolina, can prove that he can do what Tom Brady needs him to do, he will have a role for the rest of the year. But if not, Brady's just going to throw. He's going to throw to Gronk 15 times a game. He's going to throw to whoever is healthy otherwise. Is Evans going to be on the field? Who knows? Guess who else is back? Antonio fucking Brown. Brady's going to throw the ball. Brady's going to be the MVP, and he's going to throw 15 TDs for the rest of the season. That's it. That's what I got. Bold. I like it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I like it. I don't know. That Carolina team, they might play them tough. They might play them tough. That might be a, uh, that might be one of those ugly ugly fucking 15 to 12 games. You know what well, I mean? But hey, ugly. it could Spe- definitely happen. The MVP is there for the taking. But I think Brady's
1: got bigger fish to fry than the MVP. But we'll I see. Yes. Speaking of ugly, and it's the last point I want to make here on Nick. It was a bad week. But this is head-to-head fantasy football, okay? Nikki got the lucky draw this week, and Rob does not want to hear this. So, Rob, if you're still listening, it's time for the earmuffs, man. The regular season tones came down to the final week for Nick and for Rob. If Rob lost that game last week where he put up 175 points, he would have finished as the fourth seed. He would have played Genera in the first round. Rob would have won. Nick would have lost to Dan. History is rewritten. But this is fucking head-to-head fantasy football. We love it as much as we hate it. Things could have been different by just one week of the season and it wasn't and here we are nick congratulations you're moving on tones crazy should we look ahead to the
0: semis we go
1: buddy yeah you ready i'm, I'm ready. ready i'm ready Let's and as go. you start this i'm actually going to get my computer charger so i'll be back in like 10 seconds uh, oh, oh my talking, goodness i'm right here do you think that thing. Go is ahead. a rookie mistake <laughs> i am
0: this on is episode juice. 69 doria you should know better <laughs> than this Low Have juice. your charger right next to you upon recording of the fourth and long podcast. <laughs> yeah, Unbelievable. We're, we're almost right, dead. Semi-finals we go. I'll bat lead go off ahead. here. Richard Ben rested, cookies in the oven, ready to repeat what he did last year. The cookies are en route to Nick Dotto. Sources are telling me, Nick, will he accept them or not? Let's be honest. He's the fridge for a reason. He <laughs> will devour them. Um, this is going to be a good one. I'm excited for it. Uh, season series is 1-1. Both weeks, high, high scoring matchups. It was exciting stuff. Big questions though for Richard Ben at the wide receiver position. He was not immune to it even though his team was on a bye. His players were playing and Godwin, torn ACL, torn MCL. It's ugly. Really unfortunate. But hey, c'est la vie. Cooks now has the Rona. But... Is Thielen coming in, riding on his white horse? Apparently, he might play this week. They're kind of hoping he comes back, and if he does, that is massive because his wide receiver group is going to be ugly. If not, thankfully, you still got Jonathan Taylor, and you still got Dalvin Cook. But taylor versus arizona is that a good matchup is that a bad matchup i think it's a good matchup even though if you're mike and you just click on the fucking yahoo thing and it just shows red <laughs> like that's not how that works man like arizona's run d is not that great um Diggs versus new england is a major issue for me their secondary is really solid jc jackson's likely going to be covering him a lot and Diggs has kind of been like up and down so far this year but it is a must-win game uh for Buffalo, that's gonna be a huge, huge, huge matchup. So I can imagine they're probably scheme the ball into Stefan Diggs's hands. That's at least what I would do. Uh the other side of this for Nikki, we said it. Can Rojo replace Fournette? That's the number one question going into this week. If he can't do it, this could be the end for Nikki. Chubb. He's actually not been that good the last three weeks. Uh, I'm going to pull up the numbers here in a sec. Pull up the fridge. Thank you for not changing your team name so much. Easy to find. Nick Chubb, (laughs) last three weeks, four points, eight points, 15 this past week. Total of 16, 59, and 91 yards the last three. There's a bye week mixed in there as well. But now going Mm -hmm. up against Green Bay, whose defense has been getting absolutely gashed. The last few weeks. So maybe there's an opportunity there, but he needs a big week from Nick Chubb. And on the other side of this, Justin Jefferson, we'd be talking about him every single week if it wasn't for Cooper Cup, but this week he gets the Jalen Ramsey treatment. Ramsey yeah. is a fucking machine. He is so, so good. This is for real football. I cannot wait to watch this battle. It's going to be awesome. I think JJ is up to the task, but let's see. If Ramsey gets the better of him, and yeah, on the other side of this too, Michael Pittman, we've talked, we've touched this. Uh, not the other side. What am I saying? Michael Pittman is another one to talk about. We mentioned it. Yeah, he hasn't had a hundred yards since week seven. His last several weeks here, his last how many? Let's count it: Five. Nine, three, seven, 14, One point. That is not good enough. This team's identity has completely changed. They are not throwing the ball in any way, shape, or form. They're now in a playoff spot. They're going to keep doing what's been working, and that's feeding Jonathan Taylor and saying, Wentz, you are not the centerpiece of this offense. We're not going to let you lose the game for us. So that's some right. very intriguing matchups. I could kind of see this being— I'm going to try to pull the doors here. Nostra, Nostra is here. Um <laughs> I think this is going to be low scoring. I really do. I think this is going to be like the 110 to 100 range. I don't think it's going to be very high at all. I'm hoping that it ends up being high because I like points, but that's my prediction.
1: Over to you, On the other side of it, we have the one seed Ryan taking on the power ranking eight seed Dan. Um, It's their first (laughs) ever. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's their first ever playoff meeting. And I don't know if that's really that interesting or not, but I thought it was and they're going at it a little bit in the chat. Ryan's telling him, you know, telling me, hey, don't don't push this guy on. He just came off 130 points. Don't want to get him going. Well, you know what? I've, I've already got him going. I think Dan's super excited about it. So here we go. It's the one seed versus the six seed. Ryan has won 11 of his last 12. He's won three straight. He has the best record we have ever seen in this league. but Tones. His team looked bad on the bye this week. A bunch of duds, a bunch of guys not even healthy, and that's kind of the shape of our league right now. So given that, who will be more healthy right now? Dan, everyone on his lineup, if you go and take a moment to look at it, literally everyone is questionable, and that's not even who might get COVID over the next four days or be put in the protocols. Just going to say it. Dan's hot right now, of course. He would have won if they played each other last week, so it can be done. He's coming off his best total, like you said, Tone, since mid-October. He lost both of his meetings to Ryan this season. In terms of players, there is one single player I'm keying in on for Ryan. Cordero Patterson. He is about to provide Ryan with the utmost of flexibility for a roster that desperately needs it. Where do I need to put Cordero Patterson if I'm Ryan? Because right now, to be perfectly frank, he's got five fucking guys in his lineup. And you know what? When you're trying to compare head to head doing a podcast for the league and one guy says he's an 8% underdog to win this fucking thing, it's really hard to positionally compare guys because I can't look at guys head to head with each other. So what what's up with this? Not to interrupt you, but like why is he putting like half his team on the bench? I think this is just his way of making sure he knows who's locked in and starting, and his way of trolling Dan, saying I have so many options that I'm not even (laughs) sure who I want to put in my lineup just yet. For me personally, it's confusing. In terms of Patterson, he knows he's going to be in his lineup. It's just a matter of where. And this goes back to what I want to say. I don't know if he's going to be his RB2 sitting beside Najee Harris because Austin Eckler now has or is in the COVID protocol. Will he be cleared ahead of Sunday? We don't know. If he does, that means Cordero Patterson can move to his wide receiver spot and could be a wide receiver three this week. Or he puts him in his flex spot. This flexibility right here could be the key to this matchup because a guy like that that you can slot anywhere up and down your lineup when you need him the most is so so key we shall see i don't know like i said what to expect in terms of head-to-head matchups with these guys because i can't even see his fucking roster i can't wait to see who dan starts in this as well again because of the injuries and everybody's dead um i don't have a prediction for you at this point because like i said i thought ryan was going to win the whole damn thing but i don't know what these teams are right now We don't know who's even going to be in the lineup. And if Ryan is missing guys like Austin Eckler, any of his quarterbacks or all of his quarterbacks, and all of a sudden someone else, knock on wood, that no one else ends up there. But if you're missing a guy like Patterson just because of the COVID thing, my goodness, what do we Mm -hmm. expect here? So Mm -hmm. crazy, crazy times. Dan is probably licking his chops thinking to himself, there's no better time than right now to prove everybody wrong. There is no better
0: time right now to prove everybody wrong and no better time to be facing Ryan because this is kind of the first major adversity he's really felt all season with Eckler. And the big thing I think here is his otherwise been rock solid, very predictable flex spot, which has been dominated by Daryl Henderson all season, is now completely in flux. I don't know if you watched that Rams game or not, but going into it, like the quote from McVeigh was like, yeah, we're just gonna ride the hot hand and we're just gonna see, you know, it's gonna be all about feel as to who gets more of the carries. Yeah. La di da di-da. All of a sudden, Sony Michelle last night has 19, 18 carries for 92 yards and 12 fantasy points. And then Daryl Henderson all of a sudden relegated to benched washness, three total fantasy points, six carries for 23 yards. I mean, who do you start going into that? Do you start Henderson, Sony, or neither doors? Right, so
1: you're asking me, and I'm gonna give you. Uh, you don't even have to give me an answer. Don't give Ryan the answers to the test, but you know, no, and that's it's, fine. Just, it's just a thing to bring up. Like I'm just gonna go back to the Jay Glazer report from a couple weeks ago, where he came out and said. Sony's going to be the guy, even though Henderson is active. And they did that again ahead of the Rams game on Tuesday. The same report came out. And once again, it was from Jay Glazer, who clearly has friends in Los Angeles. And that's huge because that makes Ryan's decision for him. Now, if he has a better running back option, he will start that guy. And if he's healthy otherwise, and Patterson is his wide receiver three and or flex. If he's there, then there's no need to even start the Rams backfield. He has options as long as he's healthy. But he he actually kind of doesn't, though, because his running backs
0: on the bench, if Eckler ends up being out, is those two Rams running backs and Cordell Patterson.
1: And Cordell Patterson
0: is coming off a floppy dud against like the San Francisco 49ers where he had 11 carries for 18 yards. Like He has not been the special Cordell Patterson we've seen in in weeks past. Three points this past week, 12 the week prior, 11 the week before that. Now listen, you're throwing him into your RB2 spot and you have the rest of these guys like Cup and all these dudes. Okay, that's fine. Maybe 12 points is enough right, to just get you by. But man, if he has another total dud stinker with like six points against Detroit, man, I don't know. That is the nice thing though, is that he gets to go against Detroit, which has been A notoriously, hilariously bad run defense for such a long time. So maybe that's part of their game plan and they just run north. But I don't know, man. Like this is like, like I said, this is major adversity here. Like you can have depth all you want, but all of a sudden depth can change like that. One backfield situation changes, one unforeseen injury, i.e. COVID for Eckler. And now your otherwise stable RB spot is now totally in flux. And Ryan's going to have some major, major decisions. I mean, Eckler gets put on the COVID IR on Wednesday. That is crushing. Like, he's probably not going to play on Sunday. Um, it's absolutely devastating. And who knows? Maybe he's got some waiver stuff. He's He's got a ton of money. Um, so he's got some fab options here for sure. Um, question is, who do you drop? He's got two defenses. So maybe he's just going big on this Chargers backfield and says, fuck it. I'm just going to get them all and just... That'll be the guy I start, Justin Jackson, whoever it may be. And then, boom, solve the problem solved. But um,
1: it's, it's going to be interesting to see Ryan navigate this. But, yes, Dan has a major opportunity here. He does. And on the Dan side of things, just going back to him one more time, I must talk about Aaron Jones and Tyree Kill. And first of all, mm. with Tyree Kill, he's on the COVID list right now. And we don't yeah. have much more information about that. So he's got Eli Mitchell, who has been out, who plays three thursday at tennessee i don't already think he's playing. Out. he's, he's already, already been ruled rolled out. out he's yeah, out yeah. we won't even worry about him which means that there is a lot of pressure on the duo of james robinson and aaron jones and you mentioned it is aaron jones's big game coming i don't know but this is going to be a damn good opportunity to have it for him because he's going up against ryan's team who despite all the guys that you mentioned who aren't in his lineup you know who is right now Najee Harris and Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's been the best player in fantasy. And Najee against KC, this is check down city for Big Ben. This Mm. is going to be a 25-point smash spot for Najee Harris, potentially an opportunity for his biggest game of the year. This is a Pittsburgh team that's probably going to be down against a Kansas City team who's rolling. And what is Ben good at? Throwing the ball two yards in front of him and letting his fucking running back work. And then falling over and then falling over. I need to see Aaron Jones do a thing this week. He's got to do a big thing. He's got to be the guy that he traded for and needs to be pushing his ceiling higher than he otherwise would have with only maybe 14 points like he did this past week. So yeah, very it hasn't
0: it hasn't been like the big talking point because he's salvaged his last couple of weeks with some touchdowns, but the yardage and usage really hasn't been there. He's clearly not 100% still um, Maybe another week of rest helps with that. I'm not really sure, but it's going to be a sweaty Christmas day against Cleveland for, uh, for Dan to watching Aaron Jones. And that's just, you know, that's what you do with that guy, man. It's just, he's going to make you sweat, but every once in a while, he's going to drop three touchdowns and win you a week and it's going to be beautiful, but we'll see what happens, man. It's going to be a very intriguing matchup. I'm excited. But Doris, it's consolation time, buddy. Oh, this is where good. we shine. Oh, or better, good. should I say, where you shine. Uh, We got to preview this, buddy, and we got to give our predictions. Who's getting that
1: first overall pick? Well, it's not going to be you or Mike, because neither of you even want to win. This is going (laughs) to be a race to see who can be worse. I can't believe what's going on with the two of you right now. And I can't even call collusion because you're both doing it, and neither of you even own your picks.
0: Explain it to the people who haven't been keeping tabs on
1: what's going on here. I have my first round pick. I have your first round pick. We are both in the loser bracket. Frankel has his own first. Side note, he has Dan's first, but that's besides the point. Mike, Mike's first round pick belongs to Christian Genera, So Mike has no cards to play here. And now we have a matchup of two guys who don't even own their own first picks. Tones, this is the first time in league history in eight years we've seen anything like this before. Dan, meanwhile, last year was playing his ass off so that Ryan x sweater Ryan could have the first overall pick and Ryan ends up getting the first and third picks. Well, meanwhile, one of you two has to win. I'm hoping it's you because you and I have the whole pick thing going on, but neither of you want to win. So tones explain, will you be starting a roster that's worth a damn this week?
0: Uh,
1: well, it depends on your
0: definition of worth a damn. Um, they will certainly be human beings. Okay. that play football occasionally in some cases some weeks they don't in other weeks they do um but they're they human beings will be uh slotted into lineups here uh it's that's gonna happen um whether they're it, good human beings is a different story listen man AJ Brown's had a tough year I had a talk with him called his agent mm-hmm. what does AJ Brown need hey he needs a rest I go okay no problem to the bench. You rest up for next year, pal. Don't you worry about it. You know, Antonio Gibson, he's had a tough year, man. Another tough year. He's got that shin thing. He's been battling it all year like a fucking warrior. But hey, I might need you next year. So, you know, it might be Rex Burkhead week.
1: It doesn't you know? work like
0: that. I mean, it certainly does, Doris, because here's the thing, man. I otherwise wouldn't give a shit. If I had CRG's pick, I wouldn't care. I'd fucking just start whatever lineup I want and just say, fuck it. But here's the fucking crux here, Doris. For you and me. I see you as some direct competition next year. As the two guys who have a ton of picks and have young keepers that are hopefully gonna make jumps next season. You and I could be competing for a bye week next week, next year. And the difference between the second pick and the fourth pick is very interesting. Now here's the here's the here's the dilemma in my brain, okay? Okay. I'm going, hmm. I think if I give you the second overall pick or even the first, maybe I just give it to you, let you overthink it, blow it, and then somebody good falls to me. You know what I mean? Or do I let it fall back down, play it simple, and say, hey, he's going to get a worse player. I don't know. Things I'm going to be toying with for the
1: next uh, 48 hours. I have a thought on that. Um, I have always blown my first round pick. But I've never blown someone else's first round pick. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've blown my first round pick, so mine's not much better. My second first round pick this year was used to take Chris Godwin. My first first round pick was used to take Alan Robinson. So I fucked up my pick and I Mm. did well on Rich's... No, Mike's pick. That was Mike's pick. I don't care whose pick it was. I think it was Mike's. Ninth overall took Chris Godwin. So... I would make the argument that no matter what happens with me against Franco, I will fuck up my pick. But if you give me a top two pick tones, I will use that well. I'm just going to say that because I got to say I... something tones. You got... Go ahead. No, no. Please continue. You have DeAndre Swift potentially returning uh. this week. You have AJ Brown potentially uh. returning this week. And this isn't just like a, they may come back. They're trending in the right direction. They are the opposite oh, AJ of AJ Brown's Leonard playing Fortnite. tomorrow. He is in the lineup tomorrow. Oh boy. Confirmed. Not my lineup. Right. I don't want to talk. The about lineup this though. A lineup. I'm getting upset. I'm just getting some upset. Up, some lineup I'm just up up getting there. mad. I'm just getting mad. This is fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> is
0: fucking Listen, trash. it's not. I'm going to start a full roster. As the rules? This is a Belichickian move, all right? I oh, I'm going to pat myself on the jackass. back here. You're just finding loopholes here, all right? That's you all it is. Offspring? I'm going to start. I'm going to start a lineup. That's going to be fine. I'm not gonna drop Van Jefferson or Stafford and get some other shitty quarterback. I'll start Stafford. I'll at least keep it there, okay? But like, the studs that need a rest, Doris, they need a rest, you know? I've talked to them. They've, They've understood. Hey, it's been a long year on Team Tones. Next year, those tutties will come. But this year, you know, let's hang it up. Let's call it a season a little early. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? No problem. No problem, DeAndre Swift. See you, you next know, year. You it's never be great. want
1: you never want to wish injuries on other people's players. But Tones, oh boy, do I ever! I've had my fair share, buddy. Don't yeah. even worry. Do I have my hopes and prayers for for injuries on your fucking team? Unbelievable. <laughs> um, you say you want us to listen. Face here's off the again. thing. No, no, no. Oh, Hold sure. on. Here's the thing. Go ahead. Starting these guys outside
0: of them coming back isn't even guaranteed to be like a fucking, like, smash. But, like, A.J. Brown, when he's played this year, has had, like, two good games. DeAndre Swift has been really, really solid. But, like, even Gibson. Like, Gibson's kind of, like, he can drop eight points. It's not like these guys are, like, fucking Cooper Cup and I'm benching him, all right? So, That's like, fair. make a relax a little bit. I'm not benching Russell Gage. Russell Gage is playing arguably Stein. my best player right now. <laughs> he's a star. Put him <laughs> like, in. Arguably my
1: best player right now. So slow your roll before you fucking uh, start taking out knees on Antonio Gibson here. All right, so here's my prediction. You ready? And I'll make this real nice and quick and tight. Uh, Franco is going in the right direction and my team has gone in the wrong direction. Franco will beat me. You will beat wow. Mike because Mike is trying even harder to lose than you. <laughs> it will be you versus Franco. You will lose. I will beat Mike. I will pick second. I will pick third. Franco will pick first and Genero mm. will pick fourth for Mike. That's my prediction. I'm keeping it nice and tight.
0: I like it. Um, I also think I'm gonna beat Mike because I just believe Mike's done this before. He's he's bottomed out before. He knows how to tank properly. He's gonna find some absolute nobody who no one can even pronounce, and he's magically gonna be active on Sunday, and we're gonna be like, Who the fuck is this guy? And he's gonna get like negative three points, and I'm just gonna applaud and I'm just gonna be like, dude, that's fucking impressive. Good His for name you. Is Mike Davis. So I'm gonna beat Mike. It's gonna be like fifty-two to fifty. It's gonna be great. Uh, I think your team trending in the wrong direction makes no sense. Um, You're going to beat Franco. Your team's ready to rock. Um, Been saying it for weeks. Um, And then I think you're going to beat yourself. You're going to beat me. And that'll be that. You're going to have your own pick. First overall, then you're going to have my pick second overall. And then I didn't even think about the third place. Let's have Franco beating Mike because Mike's team is a dumpster fire. So there's your top four. You, you, Franco, Mike, just as how it should always be.
1: We've never had a back-to-back first and second overall pick. We haven't had it. We almost had it yes, last we have.
0: year. Yes, we have.
1: Oh, I said this last year, didn't I? You
0: said this last year. It was Dan. Um, Yeah, it was Dan. I think that was the only one. Right, okay. I did yeah, this last year, there.
1: I fucked it up, and then you corrected me then as well. Wow, Day good memory vu. though. Good yeah memories on us. Good memory on that. the things that I can't remember. Isn't that great? Um <laughs> Doris, okay, Mike Davis them. is
0: starting for Mike this week. That's <clears throat> exciting. That's that can't I, that's gonna bode well for you. I Mike said Davis that in the end will help you get the first overall. Pick.
1: Yes, Mike Davis. <laughs> that's outstanding. Owned by that's half outstanding. the league. Mike. Uh, good times. See if uh, right, I didn't bro. keep if I listen, this listen if I didn't keep Mike Davis, we wouldn't be making fun of how washed he is. Mike wouldn't have ever picked him up as a joke to put him in his lineup against you. Me keeping Mike Davis gives me one of the top two picks next year. Suck on that. Everyone? See that? You like that? I guess it's sure. I mean I'll give it to you. Great. I'll let you take
0: a fraction of a dub on the saga that has been Mike Davis. You
1: better draft him next year. That's got to be your Tony Pollard LOL pick,
0: pick in yeah. your like sixth
1: round or whatever. No, That's what I'm gonna do. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take him with my final pick in the draft and not pick up a kicker and then just drop him instantly to pick up a Thank kicker. And That's I'm all I Do it for the walls. Yeah, 100%. I just
0: want Mike Davis on the draft board. Yeah. For all eternity. You know what I mean? I just want that etched in history, you know? I love that. I mean, the keeper thing is already going to be there. Like, the keeper list at the bottom there, it's already there forever. I might even bold it, star, 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 just for all time, just to constantly go back to it, just an all-time year. But congrats, you're in a better spot, and you're probably going to get the first overall pick, thanks to me, which is just
1: devastating for me. Devastating. One one thing before we go and sign off, I want to show you. I've been hiding it under the table this whole time. I want to show you- this that I've been holding near and dear to me this whole time. Do you, you see? My, oh yeah, we're doing
0: this. We're not doing this in person. We're doing this over Zoom because hashtag fucking Omicron. Um
1: I hope we fooled what, everybody though.
0: It was uh it's Tua. It's, it's the my, Tua little
1: doll thing. It's my Tua pop. So pop, Mike Dotto that's what they're called. I am now I am now thanking you for my birthday gift. Mike Dotto got me a uh pop cap um Funko pop and it is Tua And it is going to sit beside me for every pod until I win the championship. And we might be waiting five years for this. And by then, Tool will be in the CFL. Um, But that's (laughs) fine. CFL, to be He's going to be be sitting beside me for every pod we do. And uh, we're just going to give him a little head tap and say thank you for your touchdowns. Dolphins have won six straight. Here we go. We're going to fall just short of the playoffs. It's going to be great. Saints-Fins this week, buddy. It's a nice L for you guys coming up. Um, Monday night. Oh, my God. Why are you... uh... Why are you touching Tua there? Stop! Stop holding this dick! Holding his dick! No, he's just he's just hanging out with me. He's gonna be hanging out for every podcast we do because it's the only um, Dolphins memorabilia that I think is worthwhile having while we record the podcast. That's all. Excellent. Love it.
0: Very nice. All right, bro. Semis finals next week. I'm excited. Me too, Let's man. who's gonna battle it out for the chip. It's gonna be good. I just know it's gonna be Dan. Don't you just feel it? I feel it. I can already pod, see the chat. I can already see the text. Yeah, that's it. I, I might I might just go away and never come back. That's yeah. the plan at
1: least. Well, uh, good luck right, to everyone except except for Dan.